I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Pratt the World, I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan, and in this podcast I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another Puny Pod, a short-form podcast where I spotlight a specific film or comic book. All by myself. <laughs> so welcome back, guys. And this is another edition of the Spider Month, another inclusion in the Spider Man Month. They'll be doing specific podcasts on all of the all the things resembling or involving the ever amazing, ever spectacular Spider Man. Um, so this week we are going to tackle one of my favorite comic books. Featuring the old wall crawler, the webhead, uh, which is Nothing Can Stop the Juggernaut. Now, this was written by Roger Stern and drawn by John Romita Jr., um, two amazing creators, and I have a fantastic run on the character. I highly recommend going and seeking any of those books, that entire run if you can. It's just utterly fantastic. I think Roger Stern may easily be one of the best Spider-Man writers of all time. Um, so, yeah, any of the, any of his work is fantastic, especially the Hobgoblin stuff. Highly recommend any of the Hobgoblin saga stuff, the original Hobgoblin. Um, that's the uh, Roderick Kingsley version, just so you know. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, let's crack on with this. So, the title is a classic catchphrase of the X-Men villain, the Juggernaut Kane Marker, stepbrother to Charles Xavier, um, which is quite unusual for Spider-Man to tackle villains that aren't really in his wheelhouse. So Juggernaut is one of those. He's more of an X-Men villain or an Incredible Hulk villain, things like that. Um, yeah, it's but it works. Roger Stone was always really keen on seeing kind of he was really sick of seeing the Green Goblin and all the and Doctor Octopus, all those kind of villains. So he would, he's a bit like me. He likes all the kind of underrated, obscure kind of villains or or villains that don't ever would never have faced Spider-Man he's never actually had to deal with those kind of criminals before you know things like uh, the fool killer or the trapster and weird kind of wacky kind of um, not very Spider-Man or the red ghost things like that really bizarre odd choices but it kind of made for some really interesting stories and I, and I do appreciate him digging deep into the Marvel villain catalogue and getting some really interesting Spider-Man stories again different from what we've seen before and he really really kind of gave the vulture like an origin story gave him like more of a character than just an old guy who flew around with a pair of wings he really did something different there so yeah he's a really good creator and again their whole runs are amazing but yeah so interesting fact the juggernaut contrary to popular belief is not actually a mutant at all a his powers um him and xavier i think they were fighting the korean war originally and they stumble upon a temple ancient kind of mystic temple and it's to the god sitarak uh who is a kind of a demon that previous to that had been invoked by Doctor Strange, you know, the Crimson Bands of Sitarak, quite a famous spell of his, which he even uses, I think, in Infinity War, if you look very carefully during one of the fights. 
Um, so he picks up the gem and he reads the inscription. And whoever walks, whoever holds this gem, will walk forevermore as a human juggernaut. Something like that. Some sort of kind of incantation. And he becomes the juggernaut. And the cave collapses. And he is stuck in in the cave for years and years. And only after Xavier had founded the X-Men did the juggernaut free himself from that wreckage and become a threat. And Juggernaut's kind of power set is incredible. Well, unstoppable. He's just, he has advanced healing, incredible strength, speed, stamina, uh, personal force field that almost nothing can penetrate, and an advanced healing factor. He's not, he's definitely not unstoppable. He has been defeated by several characters. Usually um, it's characters that the, you know, the writers might be upping, like trying to make a real severe threat they will tend to use the juggernaut as kind of a punching bag and and you know he, when he has been stopped in the past you know that villain's like oh my god he must be a threat if he can knock out the juggernaut if he can stop the juggernaut he must be a massive threat so that's usually what happens so yeah yeah so it's a bit unusual to have him in a spider-man story but it but it works anyway let's crack on um so it story starts off with madam webb who's a kind of a psychic spider person who had a couple of appearances before this um, kind of helped Spider-Man and she helped him and vice versa. She's a psychic, so she knows his, his abilities, his powers, who he is. And Spider-Man's very uncomfortable with this and doesn't really like the idea of anybody knowing his secret because, you know, he, he could be used against him or, you know, it just makes him very uneasy. And yeah, so she starts off kind of having this dream. There's this is kind of demonic force trying to come and, and take her away or kill her. And Spider-Man's there trying to protect her and she's, she realises this is you know, a prophetic vision of what's going to happen to her and that somebody's coming for her and Spider-Man is the only one who could possibly, possibly protect her in this scenario. Uh, so she calls Spider-Man. She's, Madam Web's kind of, she has a condition, like a serious medical condition where uh, she requires to be on her life support machine, which is kind of made out to look like a kind of spider web um, kind of thing. But kind of that comes part and parcel with her powers, I believe. I know in, in the animated series and later on they kind of expand on her powers being part of the great web and this kind of link to all the spider people, um, this web of destiny or whatever they call it, and she kind of links into that. So I think even the I think even that, the great web or the web of destiny, whatever they call it, um, is kind of a, uh, a link to all the spider people. It's kind of, no matter what their powers, there's some form of link to that. Uh, the web of life, I don't know what they call it, but something like that. Anyway, so she calls Spider-Man, Peter Parker, at home and says, I need your protection, something's coming, I need your protection. Uh, but I'll give you more information when I've got it. And she's like, okay, and kind of goes, Spidey goes about his day and just kind of waits for a phone call. I'll be honest, a lot of the kind of personal life and interplay in this particular set of issues, two issues, uh, I believe it's 229 and 230 of The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, there's not much really going on, it's kind of not very interesting, um, that's the only kind of, I mean, you don't spend a lot of time, it's, there's a bit in The Bugle and I think some other places kind of, you know, you've got to have the kind of soap opera element of any of any of the comic books, which is fine, but at this, at this in these particular two issues, not really much happens. Lance Bannon, who is the rival to Peter Parker, who's trying to take photos and stuff, um, but he doesn't really, um, kind of misses out. You know, he's having some issues, and Jonah and Robbie are talking about stuff. But uh, again, I love those characters. I love the Daily Bugle, I love all that. But in these two issues, not re- you're not really interested. It's not really 
anything. And and again, the scenes are very short. It's like a page or two at most. And then you're back to the action. Speaking of the action, let's crack on with it. So, uh, Black Tom Cassidy, who is Juggernaut's kind of criminal partner, he's the brains behind the Juggernaut, basically, um, believes that Madam Web can help them defeating, maybe making some more money and defeating the X-Men with her psychic abilities. He learns of her and he dispatches the Juggernaut out to get her. And Juggernaut's like casually just walking around this kind of boat and just smashing everything and doing all this sort of stuff so he's just kind of just casually just walks through doors and he's just so casual in this just like duh, 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 I can't nothing can be I was like you could easily destroy the boat if he you know if he shrugged too hard or you know sat down too fast or something so <laughs> so yeah so he and he's dispatched down he kind of just walks off the boat and again he doesn't need to breathe or eat or what have you so he just walk, jumps off the boat and just keep, walks towards New York to capture Madame Webb so he he's walking out Spider-Man is then kind of he's told about what's happening and and off it goes, and the adventure kind of starts there. Uh, Madam Web tells him what's going on. So yeah, uh, so that's it. And basically, just Juggernaut just literally makes a beeline towards Madam Web's. Doesn't matter what's in the web, the way, uh, buildings, cars, people, doesn't care. Just he just keeps walking. That kind of nothing can stop the Juggernaut. You do get a real sense of that in this book. You've got, I know there's like a scene towards the end where like there's a sad man sat on his wrecked car because <laughs> the Juggernaut's just walked past, and it's so he doesn't even think. He's just like this mindless force of nature, just walking through. He doesn't really talk to anybody. He's just like get out of my way. Nothing can hurt me. Blah blah blah. And Spider-Man tries to stop him, basically. And he basically starts off with a kind of web wall. Again, just walks through it like nothing. Doesn't even notice it's there, really. So casual, just walking through. And, and you know, it actually, I think it pulls the kind of moorings off the buildings before actually, because it doesn't really break, because it's so strong, it doesn't break. But the buildings break before it. Kind of like the scene in Spider-Man 2 where he's trying to hold the train back. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then he, he basically tries to kind of, jump on him, kind of kick him, do it like jump kick. Um, and he just gets, because of the personal force field he has, just gets thrown, you know, hundreds of feet away. And he's just like, absolute, like he's in absolute shock. He's never heard of this guy. He doesn't know what his power set is, but it's kind of incredible already. He can't even fathom it. Um, and then he tries jumping on him, trying trying to web him up and all this other stuff. And eventually, and the juggler eventually notices him. Like, he's like, oh, are you there? <laughs> oh, what are you trying to do? He doesn't notice any of these attacks at all because he's just so powerful. It's like nothing. It's like, you know, absolutely just hitting your head against a brick wall sort of thing. He just doesn't feel it, doesn't notice. It's just he's completely oblivious to all these kind of attacks and stuff. Um, the best, the way he does, Spider-Man's crawling all over him, kind of thing. Basically, just walks through a building, scrapes him right off. Like it again, like it was nothing. Like it was, you know, it's like a gnat, you know, a fly or something, just swatting him away. Like it's nothing, you know, an insect or a arachnid, if you will. But yeah, um, and he doesn't even bother punching Spider-Man. Like most of his foes, obviously, he's, he's quite strong, so he punch him, but he doesn't bother. Just honestly, just. <laughs> Scrapes him off like he's like shit on his shoe. But all the while him trying to stop this, Madam Web keeps kind of calling him from different locations. Like she's got this kind of like telephone set up with a kind of life support uh, system and what have you. And she kind of calls every so often. She'll go. Spider Man will be inside another building. She'll like, all right, I've got, I've got something. And um, apparently uh, she mentions Sitarak, and she's like, and he's uh, Spider Man remembers that the Doctor Strange once invoked that name. He's like, oh, that sounds familiar. So so he heads over to the Sanctum Sanctorum. Um, but lo and behold, Wong is not in. Uh, sorry, not Wong. 
Wong is in. No, Wong is in. But Doctor Strange is out on a in another dimension on another mission, which is standard Marvel Marvel hero behaviour. Uh, when everybody needs somebody, they're all off somewhere else, having their own wacky adventures, much like the Fantastic Four and the Avengers in this as well. Um, but yeah, Wong's there and he's very helpful. And he's saying, "Oh yeah, you don't want to mess with the Juggernaut out here. He's quite powerful because Doctor Strange had fought him previously, so he he would know." Yeah, so he uh, so Wong kind of advises him. Maybe the X Men might know. Uh, but again, also, Madam Web says they're also unreachable. Standard, again, so it's literally down to Spidey to stop uh, to stop the Juggernaut in any form he can. And this story really shows that Spider-Man is like the ultimate, for me, in the Marvel Universe, Daredevil and Spider-Man are like the ultimate underdog heroes. And there's a really good scene in John Byrne's Fantastic Four run, which is like an issue called like Everyone versus Galactus or something like that. It's got the Avengers, Fantastic Four, and anybody else that could possibly help. Um, Doctor Strange flies in as well. Daredevil and Spider-Man literally just say this is way above our kind of power level. We just, we'll just have to sit this out. <laughs> and, you know, it might not sound very heroic, but I kind of kind of understand it as well. They're quite kind of street-level, relatively street-level heroes, you know, and they don't have the kind of power or the experience necessarily that, you know, Captain America and the rest of the Avengers might have, uh, or Fantastic Four might have, as, you know, they were around long before those were. So, yeah, it's, it's a really lovely, quite an interesting scene. It might not be like, oh, you know, great power, great responsibility, might not kind of jazz with that so well, but it is really good. Definitely seek out John Byrne's Fantastic Four because it is simply the best. So yeah, after that, uh, Spider-Man kind of cuts off, kind of heads off the Juggernaut of the past and kind of gets to Madame Web before uh, Juggernaut can, manages to put kind of another web wall together and he decides to electrify. I think it's like a million volts, he says in the book. He gives it like a million, million volts. Um, and again, Juggernaut, no problem shredding that web uh, and taking those volt, taking that voltage like it was nothing. Spider-Man's bounding around, trying to keep out of his grasp, but trying to distract him, trying to hit him, trying to figure out some way to stop him in some form. And he can't, and the building starts collapsing, and collapse on, collapses on top of uh, Spider-Man, and Juggernaut manages to grab Madame Web, and she starts having convulsions, and uh, violent convulsions, and Juggernaut's like, what, what's this? What's going on? What's... Um, and he's like, well, she's ill, she needs a life support. Spider-Man tells her, needs a life support machine. Yeah, and she starts dying, and he goes, well, she's useless to me, and just casually, callously tosses her to one side. And just leaves her kind of convulsing on the floor, and you think, Jesus, what, a, what a bastard, what a villain! Like, he just doesn't care. He doesn't even like decide to put her back on the chair or anything like that. Just does. He's like, she's useless to me. What a waste of my time? What a waste of my day? Black Tom should do more research. Blah blah blah. And off he walks, and he's just off again. And and Spidey's quite seriously injured under all this rubble, which isn't the first time that's happened today for him. And he, you know, he manages to crawl over with all of his might and kind of give um, Madame Webb mouth to mouth just in time for the kind of emergency services to arrive. Um, and there, and he says, you know, what kind of chance has she got? Is she okay? Um, you know, is there a possibility that she and they go? Well, we've got her hooked up to a portable version of a life support machine, but the outlook is not good. She could be dead. She probably won't last the night. And Spider Man is absolutely distraught by this. He's in pieces. He thinks about all the other people he's let down. Everybody else that has died. Um, when he should have protected them, you know, it, you know, and he just blames himself. You know, Captain Stacy, Gwen, Uncle Ben. You know, the list goes on. And he resolves to, he's like, she could have died. Maybe I could have stopped him. I was supposed to protect. I was the only one who could. But he's like, he's like, maybe nothing can stop. Possibly nothing can stop the juggernaut. 
and he goes, but I don't believe that. And he basically swears kind of vengeance um, and goes after him again. So that kind of leads us on to the the, the next issue. I think it's called uh, Beat the, to Fight the Unbeatable Foe, I believe it's called, uh, the title of it. So yeah, he goes for that and he starts kind of chasing the juggernaut and that's basically it. So yes, first of all, he kind of, they end up in a kind of a demolition, like a building that's about to be demolished. Uh, and Spidey's use it. He basically throws a big eye beam at him, a big iron girder, throws it directly, kind of um, sets up kind of almost like a, with his webs, like a, a bow and arrow kind of crossbow thing, and fires it at him. And the juggernaut's like, oh, what's this? Just casually, again, so casual in this, just not really bothered. It's, it's just like, it's everything's effortless for him. It's just like, but it's just so, so casual in it. And it just catches it and then it just bends it like it's, it's you know, rubber or something like that, just absolutely destroys this girder. And then <laughs> he realises, he's like, who's doing that anyway? Who is that? Who is that? Oh, and he goes, oh, it's you again. He's got a Spider-Man. He's literally like, he's totally oblivious to everything that's going on just because of his power level. He's almost like numb to everything. Um, you know, personal feelings and empathy and all that because you just, nothing can hurt him. So I, I don't know, maybe if that maybe that happens. If you were invulnerable, maybe you would start, you know, didn't have... You couldn't, you know, feel sensations or things like that. Maybe you would start, like, psychologically caring less uh, about other people and their pain and things like that. Um, just an just an observation. Don't know if that's true, but we would we'll never know, will we? Really, until somebody is absolutely invulnerable to pain. Um, so yeah, so he kind of just grabs that, catches that, and he realizes it's Spider Man on this. You know, building that's about to be demolished, so he tears the whole corner off the building. Just, just one in one like massive kind of strand. This corner, this full building's corner, just kind of pulls it right off, and <laughs> you know, just again, it's like throwing things. Um, Spidey grabs a wrecking ball, throws it at him, and again, just knocks it aside. Literally, just nothing. It's absolutely nothing that can stop him. I always feel like heroes are kind of judged not on the battles they win. But on, on on the losses and how they handle their losses and you know this is a this is a hard fought battle for Spider Man like he takes an absolute pounding and you've got to realize that the Juggernaut is you know he can move mountains he can he can you know knock the Hulk about like a rag doll you know these upwards kind of power level is incredible and the fact that again like we said earlier it's kind of Spider Man even though he does have his powers, he's still relatively street level to a point in regards to what he deals with on a daily basis. You know, it's costume villain here and there. It's very rare that he'll have, you know, minus maybe the rhino is kind of, you know, strength level is kind of up there with the Hulk. Even then, you know, it's it's the, the Juggernaut is the kind of epitome of, you know, physical strength and endurance and power. And Spider-Man is literally, you know, fighting for his life, basically. Um, and he's just, he's just an annoyance to to the Juggernaut. It's just like he's, a, like I said, he's a gnat. He's not really, you know, anything to him. But the more frustrated he gets, he goes, right, I am gonna, I'm gonna have to hurt you now. I'm gonna have to break you. You know, could have just left me alone. Could have just, you know. But no, you've made it. You've made your point. You want to attack me. So, <laughs> and he, I remember when they when they meet at the start, he's like, oh yeah, I've heard of you. And he's like, well, Spider was like, well, I've not heard of you. So, but like I said, yeah, he's chucking this. He's you know, he's whirling around this kind of wrecking ball, or like a like one of the wrecking crew or an absorbing man type, just spinning it around and kind of throwing it at him and stuff, and. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy, and again, more more sort of stuff keeps. They go from one, they go from a demolition, a building that's about to be demolished, to a construction site. Yeah, so it's two. There's two separate kind of 
places because I think the whole building comes down, the one that Juggernaut was kind of pulling the corner off. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's what happens. The whole thing collapses on top of the Juggernaut and Spider-Man kind of jumps into this kind of metal tubing to kind of protect himself and he barely makes it out alive. And then he kind of digs himself out of the wreckage and it's like, I was like, oh, they both survived. And the guy's like, and Spider-Man's like, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, he just, he got out like two minutes ago. And he was like, and Spider-Man's like, oh yeah, of course, his force field would have protected him from all that. Um, but Spider-Man's got brick dust and costumes knattered and, you know, he's, and he tries to catch up with him. Um, at this point, I think he's a little further ahead. Juggernaut's still on a kind of beeline back to the boat where t- Black Tom is. And during this, kind of Black Tom, um, if I didn't explain who Black Tom Cassidy is, he is uh, Sean Cassidy's brother. So Sean Cassidy is Banshee of the X-Men. So it's quite nice to see, like, that you know, the relatives of the X-Men are villains and they always kind of team up together. Um, so it's a nice kind of little thing. And he kind of, he can absorb, I think he absorbs energy and rechannels it. Later on in the comics, he became more like a Deadpool villain um, and became like plant-like. He had like plant powers. A bit weird. I think I'd prefer the classic version myself. But yeah, he's kind of the brains and the brawn and yeah. Um, but he does turn up every now and again. But I'll uh, I'll talk about him more later. Um, but all the way through, he's kind of like why he's wondering why the juggernaut is taking so long and why what's you know usually he's he's done and dusted and he starts having his doubts. He's like, could something stop the juggernaut? Is that possible? Um, you know, he's, he, you know, even though he's you know he's worked with them several times, he's he's always been you know the the juggernaut has been quote unquote defeated before and knocked out and what have you, but. It's still very unlikely, and, and by hook and by crook, like even the whole X Men, the te- whole team of the X Men, struggle to defeat him, and their power level is insane as well as a as a group. But you know, Spider Man's doing his absolute best, so he gets to a point where he's just in an, he just doesn't know what to do, and this. Um, he jumps on this kind of 18-wheeler gasoline truck and this guy starts trying to attack him going, oh, we, you're a menace, Spider-Man, JJ says this. And he goes, and he's trying to hit him with a crowbar, a tire iron or something like that. And Spider-Man just grabs it and went, you know what, I'm not going to have time for this today. And he just kind of, <laughs> he wraps this uh, tire iron into like a bow and hands it back to him. The guy's like, uh, uh, okay, Spider-Man. And he steals, Spider-Man steals the truck, like, just like commandeers the truck is probably a better word. And he knows that, you know, he's going to, this is like, he thinks this, only, this must be it. This is, he's going to drive a gasoline truck into the Juggernaut. And the Juggernaut sees it coming and he goes, uh, what does he say? He says, this won't hurt me. Nothing can. And there's a big kind of splash page of this explosion, and it takes out like almost like a sick block, basically. And Spider-Man's like, that that was almost like a nuke going off. Like nothing could survive that. Absolutely nothing could survive that. There's no way. I almost I almost died being this far away from it. And slowly but surely, emerging from the flames, the juggernaut walks slowly, step by step, out of that blazing inferno, still on fire, not even phased him, even in the slightest. Again. Nothing can stop him. He, you know, knocks over Hydra and cools himself off a little bit. But he he doesn't even... He, that was purely just because he's walking, though. He's not actively going, like, oh, I'm hot, I'm hot. going to put myself out, you know, cool myself down or anything. He, he literally just... That's just what happened. So then, yeah, so he's partly cooled off. Spider-Man tries to attack him again. Um, he tries pulling the helmet off, which is a good is a good plan, even though he doesn't know that Juggernaut's main weakness is his mind, obviously, and you can attack that if the helmet's off. The helmet uh, protects it. That's kind of his main weakness. 
Um, but Spider-Man doesn't know that, but he thinks, maybe I can get the helmet off, maybe I can do something. Um, so he tries pulling it off, and he's, you know, it's sealed, it's sealed tight, it's not, it's not coming off. Um, but then Spider-Man realises that if he covers up his, his eye holes, you know, he, he can blind him, and he does this, but the Juggernaut looks like, right, well, I can't see, so he starts pulling at his costume, tearing it off, pounding on Spider-Man's back, beating him senseless, um, and he's still holding on, and he's holding on for dear life. He's, you know, he's absolutely wrecked at this point. Spider-Man is like literally on his last tether. Um, he's only holding on just out of pure, you know, force of will, and you know the the need to, you know, the need to avenge Madame Web and to to justify to get justice for her, basically, because he doesn't know she's she's dead, basically. So he is, as far as he knows, he's she's dead, and he's avenging her death as best he can. Um, and he's holding on, holding on. He's not even really looking at what he's doing. He's holding on, holding on, and the Juggernaut stumbles into wet cement for this new building. It's wet cement. So he he starts sinking and sinking. And and as Spider-Man and the Juggernaut realise, Spider-Man leaps off as quickly as possible. And the Juggernaut's kind of panicking a little bit. You can see the kind of fear in his eyes that he's kind of he's struggling. It's, it's basically like quicksand, that sort of thing. And he's sinking like his big guy. So he's sinking lower and lower and lower and quicker and quicker and quicker. Again, it's not going to kill him because he can breathe and survive. But it certainly... It put, puts a stop to him for the meantime. So yeah, it keeps sinking and sinking, and, and that's it. And that's the kind of the end of the Juggernaut, and the end of uh, well, not the end, but the end of this particular battle and story. This is uh, is a class, absolutely classic bout, and it's got all the things you want. Um, kind of, it's almost like uh, the the, ga- the gasoline explosion is kind of like the classic Dragon Ball Z style. Nothing could survive that. Nothing can survive that blast. And they just walk out unscathed. That's just that classic kind of trope that we see time and time again. And yeah, it works. It really, really works. And I really like the Juggernaut's character. But just before it ends, Spider-Man realises that the whole time his camera and his belt has been on set on automatic and been taking photos of the whole battle. He, he didn't even think about that. He didn't even consider, oh, I'll set it up and take some photos. Because he was so... You know, he's so focused on getting this vengeance and justice for Madame Web that he just he forgot about himself. And that's what Spider-Man does best. He forgets who he is and forgets about you know, all the things that he might need to do, his his needs in life. No, it's not. that's not important. It's the people in his life that need to be protected and looked after and cared for. That's that's what really matters. And, and yeah, but still, he <laughs> saying that, he still goes straight to the Daily Bugle, gives him the, gives uh, Robbie the, Robbie Robertson, Joe Robbie Robertson the photographs, and then, uh, and then runs off to Madame Webb to see if she's okay. And he gets to Madame Webb, and she is alive, she's survived. Apparently, she's suffered some brain damage, and she can't actually remember who he is. And Spider Man was like, yeah, I, sure, I felt uneasy about. You know, Madame Webb knowing my identity, knowing my secret, sure. But I didn't want it to end like this. I didn't want her to, you know, be brain damaged so much that she forgot. And that's kind of where the story ends, almost quite tragically as well. Triumphantly and tragically, um, the story kind of ends there. And it's great. I could not I could not recommend this story enough. It is an absolute titanic battle and struggle for supremacy between two titans of comic book history and with a lot of history but yeah uh highly recommend that it is collected in let me just double check um so there's you can get like a very old i got a very old kind of um reprint of it called nothing can stop the juggernaut which is just the kind of two issues but there's a there is a, a more modern reprint um from issue for issues two two four 
uh, to two thirty. So the last two issues contain this battle. Um, but that's a, a good that's a good little collection because it features um, some great vulture stories. There's a black cat, a couple of black cat stories, a full killer story, um, all by Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. Um, so they're high quality. Um, they're good. You know, they're, they're probably not the best ones he did necessarily, but they're still they're not bad. They're not bad. But that that's definitely the kind of pinnacle of that. Um, so that's a good collection to to find it in. You can get it on Marvel Unlimited as well. Um, you can find the I'm sure you can find the single issues somewhere online on eBay, possibly Amazon, also or comic book shops as well. You could always ask. But I think I would recommend another collection, which is. Amazing Spider-Man, The Gauntlet, Volume 4, Juggernaut, it's called. So it's part of the Gauntlet storyline, uh, where kind of Spider-Man's original villains are coming back in new forms, uh, and are leading up to the Grim Hunt storyline with Craven. Um, but but this is te- this technically this includes the original story uh, that we just talked about, but also includes the sequel written by John uh, Roger Stern. And and drawn by Lee Weeks, who's another one of my favourite artists. And this is, I think the story is called Something Can Stop the Juggernaut. Um, I won't spoil it here, but something does seriously stop the Juggernaut. Um, and Spider-Man has to find out what that is and what it, what they can do against this kind of new threat. If you're after any other uh, Juggernaut stories, I'd recommend X-Men Unstoppable, the collection. Um, the new Excalibur collection as well. Those kind of feature the Juggernaut becoming a good guy and joining the X-Men and Excalibur. Um, kind of having a you know a change of heart. Uh, again, I won't spoil anything in that. Um, Uncanny X-Men Fear Itself is a, a really good story where the Juggernaut picks up a Asgardian hammer and becomes even more powerful and heads to, towards San Francisco to stop the... basically kill the X-Men. And the X-Men have to stop him. He's more powerful than ever before. Um, so they have to come up with a very unique way of defeating him, which in- involves a bit of self-sacrifice from one of the X-Men. And so that's a really good villainous one, if you want to watch that, uh, read that. And kind of a sequel to that, sort of sequel, which is really cool as well, called The Amazing X-Men, The Once and Future Juggernaut, uh, which is basically the the gem has reappeared, the, the gem of Citarac, the Crimson Gem of Citarac, and all the villains are basically after it. Everybody's after it, so all the X Men have to stop them uh, before something. One of the one of these creates a new Juggernaut, whoever gets the gem. So it's kind of a, a race to the finish, but that's a really good collection as well. So yeah, highly recommend this. An amazing story, um, a pure, purely great Spider Man story, and yeah, couldn't recommend this enough. I hope you guys are enjoying uh, Spider Man Month. Um, I'm going to be back next week with my friend Sean Mason. We're going to talk about the top five underrated Spider-Man villains, uh, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Because Spider-Man has some... I, I, I love Spider-Man villains, and uh, all, all of them I have some, some form of love for. Even Stegron the Dinosaur Man, uh, you know, and the Swarm, and all the weird and wacky ones as well. Um, but yeah, so, so we'll be back. We're going to be discussing that. And then after that, the week after, I'll be reviewing doing another puny pod on uh, Spider-Man versus Wolverine from 1987, another underrated classic hidden gem. Um, so you can find me and the podcast on our uh, various social network platforms. Um, so Facebook, um, at Secret Balls. Um, if you put that in the search bar, you'll find us there. Uh, Twitter, it's at Dan Balls. 
Instagram is Spiderdan, secret balls, or one word, uh, and this podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and many, many more. Take care, guys. Bye!